I'll let you know when we uh, hit the screen. You got it. Okay, guys, we are live. Hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> I what love that flag. Holy shit, look at that flag. Like my flag, I take my flag everywhere, everywhere I go. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the movie years ago? It was real, real old. I'm showing my age. It was called Joe. It was like yeah. Joe Boyle. Susan Sarandon was in it. She was like uh, a teenager. He okay. was always behind a flag, but it was a, it was a crazy movie. <laughs> you, look like, you look like you're in a bunker somewhere. I am. <laughs> <laughs> all right what's up everybody welcome to another episode of police off the cuff my name is mark the mayo i'm here with my co-host his name is bill cannon and uh we cover everything uh, invo uh lo involving law enforcement we keep it lighthearted and funny thank you for joining us we have a, a a great guest tonight um he's a retired member of uh the nypd he's a fellow task force alum we're going to talk about that i was in the task force for a number of years um, more than anything else, though, he's running for New York City uh, mayor, and uh, we want to welcome Bill Pepitone. What's up, Bill? Thank you, Jim. Thank you, gentlemen. How's everything? You know, you know I'm sorry on the flyer. I kept I, I called you Bill, and then in the middle, I said Joe Pepitone. That's fine. My mother's he, still. You Joe. are related to the former <laughs> great Yankee Joe Pepitone, right? Yes, Joe was my uncle. You know, he had those gross. Remember the patrol guy that says you can't have gross mutton chops? <laughs> he had those with the Yankees, right? Yes, yes, he did. I think he still does, as a matter of fact. <laughs> How old is he now? He is pushing 80. Holy shit. Yeah, time flies. Nice to hear he's still alive, man. Yes, he's doing well. He's doing That's well. great. That's great. Yeah, he was coming up, um, I guess, at the tail end of all the other ones, uh, Mickey Mantle and stuff like that, right? Yeah, he came up in 62, and Mantle was starting to slow down a little bit. And uh, Mickey's days ended, I think, in 68. So. Uh -huh. He played a few years with him. That's pretty cool, man. That's pretty Mickey cool. Mickey probably played a few years too long, too, right? Right. That's yeah. I think that's one of his regrets. I know he said uh, many times he, he's not a career three hundred hitter, and it's probably because his last three or four years his average was so low that it brought him down under three hundred. I know he regretted that for a while. Yeah, the year he stayed an extra year, he was three hundred two. If he would have just quit, he would have been three hundred two. Right. It's a horrible year. His last year, it brought it down to a little bit. 280 yeah. something, you know. Yeah, I know that bothered him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was covering. Um, I was. I was um, in one of these uh, Facebook conversations with a with a bunch of people about um, who was better, Bo Jackson or uh, Deion Sanders, as a two sports guy. Okay. So I said, I said Bo, because you know I grew up during that time and I remember how explosive he was. He was. He, he was, was he not was. the Indians. He won the World World Series with the Indians, but. Nobody ever stopped what they were doing to watch Dion hit. When Bo Jackson got up to the plate, that was that was that moment where it's one of those hitters you stop and you're gonna watch. No matter what you're doing, you stop, you watch him hit, and then you go back to what you were doing. Oh, absolutely. And, and same thing in football. I mean, yeah. oh, if he could have stayed healthy in either sport, there's, there's no telling what he could have. Yeah, been. the hip man breaking that bat over his uh, over his knee wasn't a good idea. Oh, bad idea. <laughs> hip out. Bad idea. But, one of the greatest football plays he had was when he, he bowled over that linebacker that was a big hot dog from Oklahoma. What was his name? Brian, Brian Bob. Yeah, when he bowled yeah. him over, I, that was worth the price of admission, you know? <laughs> yeah. What a hot dog that guy was, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's bowled himself. 
He branded himself. Oh, he loved himself, that guy. Yeah. Well, he branded himself. I mean, he, yeah. you know, if you think about pioneers, you know, they all do that now. Um, I should have did that on the police department. Were you an athlete growing up, Bill? <laughs> I tried. You know, I tried baseball. Uh, I found out I couldn't hit curveballs, so that was bad. What did, did you hey, find out? Uh, pretty early on, I found out. Well, uh -huh. high school age, I realized I can't hit curveballs, and I wasn't too good at hitting fastballs either. <laughs> I figured let me try something else. Well, I was a great knuckleball hitter. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. You know, you know how when the batters get up, they go like this. They're asking for a second so they can get in the basket. Batters, box. I used to go like this. So you get slow down. You don't have to throw so hard for me. <laughs> easy, easy. <laughs> so, um, were, were they excited? Your family when you decided to become a cop? Well, my father was a cop for two years. He came on in 73, and then he went through the layoffs in 75. Um, we went down to Florida. He was a Broward County Sheriff for a little while before a uh, fire department up here in New York called him back, and he did 27 years with the FD. Uh, my uncle was a detective, street crime, career criminals. So it's been in our family. It's been in our blood. So they kind of expected I was going to go that route. You know, I had heard I was in street crime for just one year, but I had heard your, uh, your relative's name come up in street crime. Okay. You know, okay. I mean, I just heard the name Hepatone because, you know, obviously the Yankee and then now you, you could be famous. You could be a mayor one day. I could be the mayor. Exactly. <laughs> that tops them all. That's right. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter what your batting average is. That's right. You got to yeah. be better than this clown that's in there now, right? Uh, he is. He is an absolute nightmare. What he's done to the city, it's, it's just a disgrace. Yeah, so uh, I guess you'd be running as a Republican, right? Yes, I'm running as a Republican conservative. All right. Do you know right who... now, only Republican that's running. It's amazing, right? You figure it would be such an easy one to just jump in there and uh, if you had yeah. a name for I yourself already here. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, that's not really my concern. I, I know why I want to do it. I know that we can do it. We can do a great job and we're just pushing forward. So tell us about, um, well, let's go to the job a little bit. I just want to talk about your, uh, the, the days. How long were you in the task force? I was in the task force for 14 years. I went there in 91 and I left uh, the end of 2004. All right. So we were there at pretty much the same time. I came, I was, I went to the task force probably 93 because I came out in 92, six okay. months after you. Then I went to the Queens task force oh, nice. or, or as we were called the Queens Marines. Queens Marines. <laughs> or as we were called RIF. Reading is fundamental. <laughs> that's all we used to do. Everybody used to make fun of us. You'd see a van parked out a block, nobody goes by. Fucking the lights are off, and all you see is little lights from uh, people's, uh, uh, they had little uh, flashlights so they could read. In the van. <laughs> yeah, I was in Brooklyn South for the 14 years, so we crossed paths, I'm sure. Yeah, we definitely were at a lot of the same. Um, I was reading your bio, some of the stuff that you, you were at. Um, uh, you were obviously at the Grand Ribby, right? Yes. We passed. Yes. That was some night. Remember that? Uh, just every <laughs> every Saturday down there was interesting, to be quite honest. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is that, like, since you're running for mayor right now, it's what would you do? I mean, the, you know, they had a wedding for 6,000 people. Right. Um, then the following week, even after that became news, um, they had another wedding for over 200 people. 
And they just pretty much do whatever they want. They were padding up the a park over there where their kids play. Every day they would come and cut the lock. Yeah, um, I know. I, I can't help but admire those people. You'll be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. You, know. <laughs> you look at it one way. You have to be smart. We have to be safe. We have to, whatever we feel, we have to respect this virus because it is obviously dangerous. But on the other hand, we still have to live. And people still have to run their businesses and still have to earn a living. And we still have to you know, feed our families and pay our mortgages. So these lockdowns are doing more harm than good as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I agree with you. I well, you know, so, you know, what's funny, Bill, is that um, the whole, that, that whole uh, word rabbi took on meaning in the police department, right? Very Who, different. Who's your hook? Who's your rabbi, right? <laughs> Very different meaning. Absolutely. You see any commanding officer in Brooklyn that's like kissing the ass of the sins? <laughs> let, let me know his name, you know? Well, it's, obviously, it's not just with the uh, the police department because right next door to the to the venue where they were having the six thousand people uh, wedding, the the firehouse is right there, and nobody nobody saw a thing. <laughs> six thousand people coming in and out. It's not like a party of sixty. There's six thousand people, and you know how they are. If they're gonna do it, they do it anyway. They're probably dancing in the street or uh, coming in and going out. That's you know. Right. And uh, it must have been some scene there, and nobody saw a thing. Well, that happens. You know, sometimes you can miss 6,000 people. It doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, too, if it comes in between, like, normally, when you're going to go to sleep, um, you're going yeah, gonna, to gonna miss it. <laughs> right. The firehouse, you know, when they, when they shut the lights off for the afternoon, you know, for the siesta. <laughs> You mean the, the, the two-hour guess- nap after a weightlifting session? <laughs> yeah. After, and, and food. Good eating. Oh, well, my father was a fireman. He's probably listening, so I'm gonna. Uh, so we won't. We won't be on the fireman. <laughs> my, my, my grandfather was a New York City fire lieutenant, but I still beat on the fireman. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I mean, that's a situation. That's a, a very touchy situation. I envy the mayor who could probably uh, neg- navigate and negotiate that. Um, you know, that's uh, whatever he's doing. This guy is completely wrong. Nobody's listening to him. As a matter of fact, every weekend they're breaking up three or four parties with hundreds of people in here. We just had a uh, something in the Bronx, a fight night, uh, underground un- un- underground fight club, uh, yep. and they broke that one up with over two hundred people. Some alcohol. Yeah. That must have been. A, it sounds like a fun time. I'm pissed. I didn't get the invite for that. I live in the Bronx. Well, you know what it is. Nobody respects this man. He, he doesn't have a plan. He, he's he's been unclear from the beginning. He singled out different communities. He's divided the city, as you know. So nobody respects him, and nobody's listening right now. I don't think he's divided it. I think he's united it. Because I see people walking down the street, and this they, they're interviewing him, and there's not one person who says, yeah, like he's doing a good job. That's true. They've united, now, he's united the city against him, absolutely. But you know something? Cuomo's not much better either. And he, uh-huh. uh, he has that, you know, all he's done is release cop killers from prison. Yes. He is instrumental in bail reform, right? Absolutely. He's got an attorney general whose whole job is just to go after police. Right. You know? So it's that anti-cop uh, philosophy, not just in New York, but it, it's a national thing. It's oh, an absolutely. anti-cop posture nationally. You know? Right. Absolutely. It is. It's across the entire country. <laughs> Weak-minded politicians just jump on board because they're pushing their agenda. Yeah, I mean, one of the, the biggest things that I heard during the presidential election, which really made me sick, was when Bernie Sanders referring to the cop that shot the guy, charging him with a knife, he said the cop should be arrested. 
I mean, he needs to be delivered to Leningrad and given a bowl of borscht, you know? Right. That guy yeah. doesn't belong in this country if he makes a statement like that. The, the statements, know? second guessing that goes on, the, the demonization of the police, it's just, it's, it's disgraceful. Yeah. It's disgraceful. Is it Biden? Got, shoot him in the knee. Shoot him in the knee, Biden. Yeah. It's a deflection, really, off of uh, trying to accept responsibility for it. Uh, you know, just blame the police when you know they were only following. And which puzzles me too is the fact that these guys would still make edicts here, like in New York, about uh, what we're going to do on Thanksgiving, and who's going to enforce it, and why would you? If you told me that if I see a large group of people going into a house for Thanksgiving, that I should question them, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to question them about you know, you got an extra plate there. For me, right. my partner. Right. And it was nice to see. Um, I know in New Jersey, a couple of police chiefs stepped forward and said they absolutely would not use their men to enforce these ridiculous edicts. And New York, yeah. I don't know why PD didn't get involved either. Nor a lot of they. sheriffs, a lot of upstate sheriffs said they weren't going to do it either. Right. So right. I think there's there needs to be more of that across the board. I, I don't understand why these um, these chief of police don't run the department the way they want to. I mean, obviously, because they'd be fired, but. Right. They well, all... what is the what is the one thing you learned in the academy? You obey what type of orders? Lawful orders. Lawful orders, exactly. So if the law is unlawful, you don't have to obey it. You don't have to follow it. Right. And I, I think these going into people's houses and enforcing, I think it's unconstitutional. You know, right. the other thing I'm is ordering the police to enforce it. Right. And the other thing is police officers have discretion. That's yes. the word. They have discretion, exactly. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> Just the way Cuomo had discretion when he banned that state trooper up to Canada for dating his daughter. Yeah, that's <laughs> he showed the credit. <laughs> I invited him to my house for Thanksgiving, but he, he was busy. <laughs> <laughs> so, how does one run start begin the process of running for mayor? Like, what oh, is it? it? You have to declare first. <laughs> What's that? I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I would imagine you have to get a petition up with a certain amount of names so you can declare, right? That comes later. Actually, it's a, a filing and, and registration process first, which is uh, kind of an ordeal. You, they kind of run you back and forth between Manhattan and Albany, trying to figure out where you're supposed to be. So once that finally falls in place, uh, once you're you ready. Do that yourself or you can have a lawyer do that for you? No, you can do it on your own. But I'm just saying, a, if, if you, because there's a certain amount of money that's uh, it's going to cost. How, what, what do you figure? To win the election? I mean, just to, I mean, if obviously, you know, when you start running, you want to gain yeah. some traction and possibly it's, win. It's hard to tell. I've heard a bunch of different numbers, anywhere between 10 million. I've heard 20 million, which I think is way out of whack. Um, it's hard to tell. It really is hard to tell. But you How are going to need. So far? What's that? How much you got so far? We got to, we got to help you raise money. Less than 10 million. <laughs> All right, so, so we got to get you 999 million then, right? <laughs> so bill one of the things is what, what like obviously your platform is is one of, of law and order how about um fiscally you know how about you know new york city lost a tremendous amount of its tax base from covid now you think these people are going to come back we have to bring them back the first thing we have to do is we have to open up the city we can't leave the city closed we can't leave broadway shut down we can't lose businesses. We have to open up the city. You can do it safely. I mean, there are guidelines and safety regulations that you can put in place and you can enforce and make sure that these businesses adhere to. You can do that. There's no reason why indoor dining should be shut down. 
like I said, Broadway cannot be closed this long. We all we're doing is putting more of a tax burden on the citizens of the city, and it's crushing them. And that's why they're leaving. They're leaving yeah. in droves because they. Can't. No, I don't understand what they're doing with their with the indoor dining is closed, but then they were doing outdoor dining, right? But now, because it's getting cold and we can't go inside, they're getting heaters for the outdoor dining and they're closing it off. Right. So now okay. you're back to indoor dining, except you're outside. Right. Indoor dining, <laughs> outside. Okay, but indoor dining is not good. Indoor dining outside is good. So, again, there's no plan. I want to listen, I'm all for the restaurants. Okay. I think. Um, Everything, we're all adults. If you walk into a place and they're not find, following the guidelines, you're going to turn around and be like, no, nah, I don't trust this place. You know, it's like going to, out to a club. Right. It's freaking packed. You can't see the emergency exit. You of want course. them staying there. It's on you. you right. know? But, and the same, same thing goes with gyms. You walk into a gym and you don't think it's clean. You don't think they're sanitizing it or, or there's not enough cleaning equipment. And then you leave. You're in it. Like you said, you're an adult. You leave and you don't go back. Right. We don't have to like anyone that would go to a restaurant that's, you know, the ratings, it's got a B or a C. I'm not going in there, you know. Right. I want to see that big A outside. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But we don't have to be spoon-fed everything. We can think on our own. Right. Well, you know, some of the things, Bill, that, that we've hopped upon on this show, too, is one of the things that right. are policing in general in New York City is, A, of course, bail reform. B, when they made jumping the turnstile a civil matter, instead of a theft of service misdemeanor. That hurts the enforcement of jumping the turnstile, which m most people that commit crimes in the subway, guess what? They don't pay their fare. You know? right. So that was a way that the police were able to clean the subway through the people jumping the turnstile. But they right. took that away from them. Now, you know? Right. And I'm now we see people every day getting pushed in front of trains. Yes, because you got EDPs. You think those EDPs that push people in front of trains paid their fare? Yeah, no, they didn't use their metro card. Absolutely. <laughs> so yes, it is more related. Of course. You become mayor, you want to tackle bail reform. How do you even fix that? Because that's something that the mayor, or the governor, signed off on. That, that's a fight with the governor. That's a He's fight. With, you know, it's something you got to sit down and you got to make the point to him that this just can't happen. I mean, we're losing lives, we're losing innocent people. Cops are getting hurt. Cops are getting shot. This cannot happen, and you really have to make a strong case to him. I mean, the mayor doesn't make a strong case in anything. No. But, no, my administration, well, absolutely. And it's a, it's a scary time to be the opposition right now because these people aren't just, um, you know, if you, if, you, if, you, if you become running a, a strong campaign, I can guarantee you, you know, they go and they stand in front of your house and they protest. And right. they're, they're, um, I just read a story uh, just the other day. Oh, Garcetti, the mayor of L.A., Mm -hmm. you know, they're, uh, he's up for one of the cabinet spots in Biden's administration. And they're protesting in front of his house from like 7 a.m., like all around the clock. Right. They're there protesting. Right. And, uh, you know, your campaign starts heading up uh, some steam, you know what I'm saying? And you, you, you're starting to get some attention. I'd already start planning right now. Where's your alternate? You know, you're going to have a, like, you got to get a body double, first of all. To keep going <laughs> to the world house, you know? And you yeah, that, that might be somewhere else. <laughs> but I understand what you mean, absolutely. Where are we going to find a guy your age with that upper body? I don't know. 
It's not easy. Yeah, those straps, those shoulders. It's not going to be. We know maybe Lou Ferrigno. Maybe we can get Lou Ferrigno come back to Brooklyn. We'll give him a call. See if he gets but Bill, let me also ask you: With of yeah. course, the Democrats are probably going to have about ten or twelve candidates in the. I know Eric Adams is one of the uh, uh, NYPD captain who also yeah. doesn't like the police, even though he was one. Well, I don't know if he was ever really a real cop, but he was on the police department. Right. But, but so. he, he sort of was an activist, even when he was a cop. Sure. Yes, and he was. You have some of the other people that are running all, all cut from the same cloth as de Blasio, you know? So can, the- can a conservative Republican win? Has the electorate had enough of this shit? at this point, like they did during Giuliani's era? I think a Republican conservative can win. If any time a Republican conservative can win in New York, it's now. Like you said, everyone that's running on the Democratic side is just de Blasio 2.0. They're probably, they're further left than even he is. So what we're counting on is that there are enough New Yorkers and even enough Democrats who have had enough, who saw what happened this past summer, saw some of the most expensive real estate in the country boarded up, with private security and guard dogs standing in front of it. Macy's and Herald Square getting looted and burned and glass broken. Those people have to realize this is enough. This, this isn't working. And it's not good for anybody, no matter what party you're, you're, you belong to. Doesn't matter if you're a conservative or, or a liberal or a public, doesn't matter. This is our city and it's being destroyed. And yeah. pretty soon it's gonna be unlivable for everybody, no matter what party you belong to. Well, Bloomberg ran as a Republican, even though we all know he's a Democrat. and. Um... I never forget. I worked with uh, three detectives in Warrens, and they wound up uh, getting on the mayor's detail. Well, he was running for mayor at the time, and this sergeant that knew them that picked them up was like, "Yeah." What he told them was, "Listen, you you stop catching cases for a couple of months. Guy's never going to win." But and then he wound up winning, and they wound up staying on the detail. Yeah, you never know. It's possible. Like I said, if it was ever going to happen, now is the time. Yeah, you know, well, workers have to be fed up at this point. Well, we always talk about on this show the Brian Watkins moment. And yes. I don't know if you remember that case, the kid from oh, the sure. that was stabbed to death to coming to his mother's aid in Times Square subway station. Right. Yep. And we had that moment in New York City or have many moments and, and the electorate doesn't care. You know? I don't know if it's that they don't care. I mean, I'm trying to think back to like when uh, they, first of all, they don't vote. Like, how many votes do you think come out of New York when a, a New York City mayor election? Well, the last mayor election, there was only, uh, I believe, twenty percent of registered voters turned out to vote, and that's one of the reasons he got a second term. So we it's have in the second term too, where they really do the damage. Of course, of course, his political career is over. He's not going anywhere. We saw what happened to him when he ran for president. Oh, so. I mean, he can do whatever he wants for the next, what are we looking at, 10 months, 12 months? He, he can do a lot of damage. So we have to be careful. Vote. Elections have consequences. And we're seeing that right now at a second term de Blasio. How far away are we from it anyway? A year? Uh, well, June would be primaries. And November, yeah, we're a year away from the actual election. Do you have any heavyweights yet backing you? We do. We have a lot of quiet support people who are staying in the background right now but we do have a lot of really good people a lot of people with the police department i can't say their names right now but you would know them highly respected highly qualified 
good quality people who are going to help me along the way and be a big part of my administration. And I have a lot of other people that would be agency heads that, uh, again, top quality people who can help me turn the city around quickly. When the names do come out, when we get to that point, you're going to be very impressed. Hey, can I be the commissioner of comedy clubs? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I haven't filled that spot yet, so sure. Hey, um, what was I going to ask you? Tell us about your background. Like, how, how, how does one come to run? I mean, what type of, um, you know, political background do you have so far? Well, when I retired, I moved out to Pennsylvania. My daughter, I have a special needs daughter, and we needed to get her uh, a lot of resources, a lot of therapy that, quite honestly, the New York City public school system couldn't provide at that point. And that's one of my priorities as mayor as far as special needs. Uh, so while I was out in Pennsylvania, I decided to run for mayor of my borough. And it was spurred by law enforcement because our town's police department was trying, they were trying to outsource it. So I got involved with that. I ran for mayor, did pretty well, only like six weeks of, uh, of campaigning. I finished second, beat the Republican, lost to the Democrat. And I turned around and ran for council, town council, and I won in a landslide against the 25-year incumbent. So I have some political experience that has definitely helped me so far with this, um, this crusade, so to speak. Uh, so I do know some of the ins and outs. I've always been you know, on the fringe of politics. So it's, it's been an experience. Obviously, already it's been an experience. So I, I have a little bit of a background. When you, Bill, when you hear that term, um, defund the police, what does that do to you? Uh, it, it has to make all of us angry. It just, because it's so irresponsible and it's quite frankly, it's ignorant. It, it was just a term that the, the anarchists threw out there and the politicians bowed and kneeled and actually went forward with legislation based on a phrase. That's all it is. It was a phrase thrown out there by anarchists. And for them to cut police funding and to stop police academy classes based on that, I mean, it's, it's, it's aggravating, it's disgraceful, and it's irresponsible. Seattle's in a tough spot because their crime is going up. Yes. And they, they passed, I think, 18 or 18% reduction in police funding. And yet, they're retired, people are bailing out. And they only have, like, I think, 12,000 police department. Yeah, it's a small department. And they're, they're losing people um, at double the rate. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the only person who voted against it was um, a council person that wanted 50%. So she didn't yeah. vote for the 18%. She, she was the only holdout, and that's because she was holding out for 50%. Right. What's going to happen to that city? You know what? I, I got to tell you, I don't care. I don't live there. And uh, if I was a criminal, I would pack up my stuff and move over there right now. Absolutely, absolutely. It's going to be uh, for a while there. It's going to be you know who's going to stop you? Who's going to catch you? Right. You steal whatever you want. And what's going to happen here if God forbid one of the De Blasio two win? What is that going to do? I mean, the morale of the police department is already it couldn't possibly be any lower. They're going to send a message that you know criminals run the streets. And what is New York City going to look like in two years? Yeah, that seems to be the problem because Wall Street runs on projection. You know, right. even though right now it could seem shit, the reason why we can still keep selling socks is because it's going to get better. It has to get better. It can't right. stay this way. 
and New York City, they have no projection because right now we don't, we know we haven't hit rock bottom yet. Those of us who are old enough to remember, remember how bad it could be. Yes. And we are not there yet. And I guess they, we have to get there and to, re, to rebuild again, I guess. That's what they want. I'm not really sure what, what the plan is, but these businesses are coming back. I don't know what the plan is. I don't know what the end game is. You know, we hear the term socialism thrown around. Is that what they really want? Do they really want a socialistic country and, and socialism running through New York City? Is that really what they, is that what the end game is here? Yeah, I'm embarrassed for some of the powerful people that, you know, from New York, because instead of like, you know, standing up and forming a coalition and fighting against City Hall with these stupid rules, they're all moving. They're all leaving. They're bailing out. Yeah. They're going to uh, greener pastures and leaving everybody else. Screw them. You know? And, uh, you know, you could chase them. I remember Cuomo was saying that, oh, he's going to he's going to either have them over for dinner. But realistically, um, what they started doing was sending the IRS after them mm, and right. nailing them on taxes for leaving. But they're still living anyway because. The, 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 yeah, of course, it's unlivable you're, here. You're going to get if you be, do become mayor, man, God bless you, because you're going to be handed a bag of crap. Um, look at the uh, commercial real estate right now. What are you going to do with that in Manhattan when um, nobody's going back to their offices or not the way they used to? It's Well, you know, I've received so many messages over the past, just the past few days about business owners in Manhattan who are just, they're just leaving because there's no future. I've received messages from people who live in Battery Park who are getting crushed with a ground tax of $500 on top of their mortgage, on top of their maintenance fees. They're getting hit with a ground tax of $500 a month. For what? That's what they do. Nobody has any idea. What, what is that, what, a ground tax? A ground tax, they call it. G-R-O-U-N-D? Yep. But what, what is it for? Nobody seems to know. I haven't been able to get an answer. All they're doing is throwing taxes on top of taxes on top of taxes. And their maintenance fees and this ridiculous ground tax, it almost adds up to what they're paying monthly, their mortgages. Yeah, I work in the city as a concierge. And I got to tell you, the building I work in... Um, there's a lot of people leaving. There's a lot of people. A lot of apartments for sale. Yeah. Now, the businesses, we have to get back. We have to show them that, we're, A, we have to show them we're going to protect them. Not what he did when he left the city wide open and let all their businesses get burned down. Uh, so, you know, can you imagine if uh, Bloomberg would have held on to that 200 million, the first wasted one that he used to run for president, and then the second one that he used for Florida? He could actually yeah. help New York out. He probably has another two hundred million he could throw into New York. Nice. Yeah, he's he's not messing with money. He's, he's trying. He's trying to affect the election in Georgia now with the Senate, the two Senate. Yeah, I heard, I heard that. Yes. Spending all kinds of money. I mean, you know, it just doesn't seem right that a millionaire can just affect an election. Yeah, a billionaire. Money at it, you know. Yeah, it's it's disgusting, really. It's you know, to me, it's that's corruption. Yeah, of course it is. To me, it is as well. Yeah. It's unfortunate that money really is controlling all these elections. And well, we just saw what happened with as far as that's concerned. Yeah. Except maybe one good thing about that is that if crime keeps going up to a level that's intolerable for the movers and the shakers in the city, that's when they'll go and behind the scenes slap the mayor and say, You would hope so. We would hope that they get to that point. Yeah. Bill, let me tell you something, all right? Just between me and you and Bill, I know a guy. He's got some Dominion machines, right? So when you do run, 
You tell me where you want me to put these machines. <laughs> well, getting... I know exactly where to put them. We got votes printed for days for you, okay, buddy? I'm very good. We're gonna need them. All melons, yeah, all melon votes. I know yeah. a guy. Got <laughs> <Another> a guy. <laughs> these freaking Dominion machines. Oh, what? No, Bill. Another thing we have to touch upon, and this is. Um, probably the most horrendous thing that's happened to New York City cops in the last year. And that's that diaphragm law. And uh, I know there's a lawsuit now to reverse it, but these clowns on the city council, and they are clowns, uh, they just made a recent law where they want people to rat out people who are illegally parked. And if the person yeah. gets convicted of the summons, they give them a piece of the summons. I mean, that sounds like communism almost, you know? It does. It does. But, you know, you look at that where they want people to rat each other out. Remember what Captain Eric Adams said back this summer, where he told the citizens in his borough that he represents not to call 911, not to call the police, but to confront people who are shooting fire. Yeah, yeah, that's a brilliant, yeah. brilliant. And it, it cost a young woman her life. Yeah. So this whole theory of ratting on people, it, it's dangerous. It's very, very dangerous. It's irresponsible. And in that situation, it cost somebody their life. So what are we doing here? I don't, I don't understand it. It's a whole different, like, philosophy. That's like, like exactly. Yeah. It is. I don't get it. I don't think Eric Adams confronted 20 criminals in his career. He's telling the public, <laughs> I know. Telling the public to confront people, you know? Yeah, I've exactly. never heard a cop that worked in Brooklyn say a, a single good thing about that guy. No, no, I, neither have I. <laughs> I remember him, but um, I remember he was part of that uh, 100 Blacks. Yes. Law enforcement. Law enforcement, who cared? Oh, yeah. There was a whole expression to it. Yep, I remember that. So, uh, how do you, what, is there a chart and how you start building up um, your campaign? Because it's like a marathon, you know? I'm sure you have a training schedule, a way that you're going to go about building up. It's stuff yeah. Like yes, we started out. It's our campaign was really a grassroots movement to start. Uh, it's all about meeting people, touching people, talking to people, getting people excited about our message, and we've done that so far. Our first four or five months of campaigning, we've gotten a ton of support, and now it shifts into another level. Now it's about you know more media access, more events, fundraising, fundraising, fundraising. The unfortunate part of it. So there is a template to follow. We've been following it, and we're doing very well with it. You obviously have to spend a lot of time in Staten Island. You can definitely take Staten Island, that's for sure, right? Yes. Well, I live in Staten Island, so that's that's a good start. Awesome. You've <laughs> got to take your own your own borough, right? Yes. And then Brooklyn. you got to take Brooklyn, too. Uh, that's where I was born. You put on some <laughs> yeah. Hasid garb, and you go to one of those weddings, and you start hanging out cards, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Make yeah. sure you have the mask on, though, so they can't criticize you. You got to get in there, find find Moish. So ask for Moish. <laughs> so no, find the Grand Rebbe and say, hey, you got to be my rabbi, rabbi. But I'm saying, you find Moish, he'll, he'll introduce you to the uh, Grand Rebbe. <laughs> <laughs> I remember getting pushed around that night like crazy, man. Yeah. They won't come out and actually punch you, like, right in the face, but they'll pull your hair. They'll, they'll choke right. you. I know. It was rough, uh, man. It was, right? There was like 100,000 people in uh, that. There was, there was a few days like that over there. I was in the 7-1 in Crown Heights. There was 
a lot, a lot of them that turned nasty. Yeah, man. I remember those uh, those uh, task force days, man. Yes. We had we had Adam Owen on the show, and he uh, he took back Crown Heights after the Crown Heights riots, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. We were. I was in the Crown Heights riots, and right in the middle of that, and two people that stand out that I'll never forget: Chief Anamone and Chief Esposito. Without them, we would have we would have really gotten hurt bad, especially Chief Esposito. Yeah, it's funny how those guys rose up, and that's where they made their bones. You know. Yeah, they, yeah. I, Chief Esposito at the time, I believe he was the CEO of the Six Six. I believe he was a captain back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. He, he saved my ass. <laughs> so I'm forever in debt to him. Yeah, they brought- was, was an inspector at the time, and they put him in charge above the chiefs. Because I think yes, the control was salvaging. And he knew that yeah. Adamone could get it done. And he put Adamone yes. in charge. I'm sure chiefs didn't like that. You know? Oh, yeah, the inspector's sure. going to be in charge of this, you know? <laughs> But I ruffled a few feathers up there. Yeah, he did, you know. But he was a great boss. Oh, he was great. What a great leader, you know. He, and then, of course, he became the guru of disorder control. Yes. He studied exactly. all over the world, and he was the go-to guy after that. Because we had him in when all these riots were happening, and he was, like, you know, cringing. Well, basically, the police in New York City can take a riot, bring it under control, but they're not allowed to because they're being held back, you know. Of course. Of course, they they could have shut those riots down. As we all know. Yeah, they wanted them to vent. It was the new the new venting, you know. Right. You right. notice and they didn't all... use mounted. They didn't use drones. Right. They didn't use any of the toys that they have to bring riots under control. Uh, every video you saw, police officers no helmets, no shields. Right. Right. Uh, no, I know. I don't understand the whole bicycle thing. That's that's a problem I have as well. So. I don't know. Maybe I don't know how you feel about that, but they're doing this sort of control with bicycles in their hands. Yeah. It, you know what? It was better than nothing, though. They worked actually. Oh, it is better than nothing, absolutely. But where they used it to block off the people. I don't know how they they learned how to use it that way, but I saw a little video of it. It was effective, you know, and it was better than nothing what they had. And they took away everything. I was telling Bill, I haven't seen a helicopter flying over the city when you heard them every single day. The police helicopters. I didn't hear one during those riots at all. They didn't want to take any footage from up there. They didn't want to have any any accountability. It's the whole thing is just so insane. It's so insane. You know, and when you talk to someone from the left about those riots and you tell them the Democrats supported it because look, Antifa, and they're like, what is Antifa? It's just an idea. Okay, don't even tell me that. Did the idea bring a pallet full of bricks? Or was that Home Depot that delivered them to the protest site? Right. Does right. they all come in the same school buses? Was that not organized, right? Are they all dressed in the same outfits? Is that not organized? You know what I mean? So they're of acting course. like this is just it just so happened. Yeah, you know. I, I know. I agree. And it's... you know, when they're when they're supporting the rioters, going right up to the governor, he supported them. He called them of protesters. Course. Yeah, he said, he came out and said, I stand with the protesters. Yeah, yeah. And they criticized the cops every single day. Oh, yeah, he was a totally, he was on board criticizing them every night. Yeah, every day, every day. And notice when it happened, he he sent the the troopers out of New York. Yes, he did. Because he doesn't want anything coming back to him. That's right. But now he wins an Emmy. It's like when Obama won the Nobel Peace Prize after being president for two months. 
Same it, thing with, you know, Cuomo. We're living, we're living in such an odd time. It's it's hard to believe that this is reality. It is. People, it is. You shake your head sometimes and say, is this really happening? Right. It's, it's Unfortunately, it is. It is. It just goes to show you how the lens that people will go through to, to regain the power. Because it was all part of the plan of um, making the president look bad. Right. And it, you know, it didn't matter whether the businesses closed, people died. It didn't matter. It was all about making the president look bad because we have to get him out of here. And right. I just, for me, you could have the power, man. I don't want it. I don't want it. If I have to do that, I don't want it. But that just goes to show you how greedy these people are for, for power. And look at what they do with these rules. Half these rules don't even make any sense. We talked about the 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 the, the, the nightclub that's on the inside, like the Roxbury. Remember that? Yes. For, yes. You know, we want to build a club where the outside, yeah. the inside of the club is on the outside, right? And then <laughs> um, the no school kids. Now, now they're not going to school. Um, he put the people in the nursing home. It's one miscalculation after another. Rather than just sit back and you know. Um, Tell everybody to get tested. Tell everybody to be responsible. You know, it's just unbelievable, man. And complete lack of leadership in the city and the state. Yeah. But, you know, what's funny is that uh, when Cuomo gives those, like, briefings on COVID, you have to see people from out of New York. They You would think this guy was the messiah. They love Cuomo. I know. You know? And I always comment, take him. Take him to your state, you know. <laughs> I think, was, I think the state was $7 billion in the hole before COVID hit. They're all yeah. looking like idiots now. That Gavin Newsom now, he's nobody's listening to what the fuck he's got to say. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, he um, he went and he went to that party at the, the winery. <laughs> our, our governor here, too, well, his brother um, was uh, supposedly had it and was checking on a house in Long Island. No mask. Right, Democrats all over the country they they put out these 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 laws these rules that we have to follow and then they don't uh, follow them themselves. Yeah, so exactly, and except and also protesting you don't have to uh, protests are fine, right? right. That doesn't spread COVID. That, that's fine if you want to protest. Right. Yeah, we can only have ten people for Thanksgiving, but they can put twenty five thousand people in the street, burning down buildings, right. smashing. Those, yeah, Imagine yeah. putting something on paper saying no singing with your family. Like, <laughs> no I I, listen, I, and my family, we get together, we don't sing. It's no, neither. Maybe they, may, sometimes they used to be karaoke once in a while, but that was for the, <laughs> the ladies used to do that. But there's really not, we're not singing that. No, 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 we don't do much singing either. A lot of eating, not much singing. Yeah, right. Really, the Italians do they get get around and like sing a couple of hymns before they actually sit down? No, no right. We just start eating. That's the way we do a lot of yelling at each other. And eating. <laughs> <laughs> you have the turkey and the pasta, or what? Yeah, of course, yeah. absolutely. That's, the turkey that's is the same. such filling. Both turkey, all the stuff you eat with turkey and pasta, it's all like, oh my god, right? It's so filling, right? You it know is, what? but that's why. Eat the pasta first. The turkey is like a second option. <laughs> I always noticed that about uh, like Italian Thanksgivings that the the turkey's almost like all the way on the end. Like nobody's even really yeah. it. it's, it's just a regular dinner. And then if ever, anybody wants a slice of turkey, go to the end over there. Yeah, there's some turkey over there. <laughs> you know, Bill, you got a campaign manager? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Who is that? 
His name is Charles Messina. He is a very big in Manhattan in the uh, in the arts down in Manhattan and the, the uh, art district and the theater district. A lot of connections. A really good guy, a New Yorker who really cares about the city, and he's done a great job for us. I mean, he's on board with me. We have the same viewpoints, the same vision for New York. He's a great guy. He's doing a great job. How about a social media person? You got one of those yet? Because I'm going to tell you something right now. What you're doing right now, this is the way. Do you, yeah. you ever watch that, The Mandalorian? What was that? I'm sorry. You watch the TV show, The Mandalorian? On, on no, this? I've heard of it. I don't even know. This, what that is, is. this is the way. That's what Yoda said. No, that's what The Mandalorian said. This Yoda, is Yoda. I've heard of Yoda. Well, yeah, but it's a baby Yoda. But The, the Mandalorian says the way they communicate, when they, they're done, they go, this is the way. This is the way right now, what you're doing. You have to create a scenario where at least once a week, you're going to get on and you're going to talk to the people that are, you, you hope will vote for you. And sure. then you have to share it on social media and yes. you have to create a social media presence. You don't have to, you're going running for mayor in New York City, so you can target this area, New York City. You know what I'm saying? You can target just sure. that. So you can narrow right. the scope of and use your money wisely. But you need to get a social media. Your Instagram has to be blown up. Uh, do do TikTok too. TikTok, you know, okay. I'm telling you about that. Whatever it is, as silly as it is, if you're gonna do a, a dance with your kids, hey, what's up? I'm so and so. I'm running for mayor, and then boom, you go into your dance. Whatever it is, you gotta. This is what you have to do, because um, that's how we're gonna. In the meantime, ever, right now, have you ever you gotta, seen me? Uh, it doesn't matter. I'm in the meantime, right now, while there's nothing going on except for hating the Blasio, right, people right. should be getting to know who you are. Right. Sure. Who is this campaign manager of you? Let me tell you something. Get rid of this guy. You got me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you right now, use the social media. Yeah, Bill, we had we had George Santos on. Oh, he, I know George very well. Yeah, he sure. ran for District 3. We thought he was going to win. And then all of a sudden, all these right. mail-in votes came in. Mail-in ballots showed up, and that was the end of it. Yeah, he was winning. He was up by one and a half percent. I know he was. Election day, and then who was it? Um, the guys from Glen Cove, Swazi. Swazi, yeah. a big time old family from Glen Cove. They've been in yeah. the, uh, you know. You know what? I saw this guy. I forget who he, his name is, but he said the biggest miscalculation that Trump had was um, uh, not getting involved with the mail-in ballots he should have got involved with it he should have encouraged it that would have killed that would have shot them right in the foot because um you never if you own a, a business you never say no to a, a, a currency whatever it is i'll take it yeah yeah here's this right. Right. No, okay. and these these were votes right now this red right. wave the whole thing was stupid you could see okay. it happening you should have embraced it and and go in full tilt and and equal them on the mail-in ballots and that's yeah. what i I agree with that guy. When I heard that guy say it, I was like, wow, he was right, man. You, you know, because I used to watch the show The Apprentice, not religiously, but every once in a while. And he'd sit down at that table and Donald Trump would tell you where you messed up. And that's when you were fired. And if you wanted to fire him, that's where the mess up. Whoever guided him on, on poo-hooing the mail-in ballots, it was a dumb, it was a dumb yeah. idea. Yeah, the Democrats definitely outplay the Republicans on. Yeah, the when you saw it coming, you should have embraced it. You shouldn't have let yeah. him. You know, because yeah. it was already common knowledge that um, mail-in ballots were going to be dem uh, Democratic ballots. You, yeah, of course. Why? why? Of course. You want to, you know, it was like, oh, you're going to mail-in ballot? I'm going to stand in line. 
You should have just said, listen, you you vote whichever way you want to vote. That's what I would have said. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. They definitely missed a boat on that and they missed a big opportunity. That was a nope. miscalculation, man. I hate yep. to say it. No, it was. Obviously. But, but you know something, whatever the final tally was, Trump has 72 or 73 million people. That's right. That back him. So you yep. see as people, this is a almost a 50-50 split of this country, you know, left and right, you know, Democrat, Republican. So if you could turn around the New York City electorate, which is even a bigger uh, left-wing electorate, uh, sure. you, you know, you, you could definitely, you're going uphill with this, but look, we support you, man. We hope you can do it. You really Thank do. You know? I appreciate it. It's going to be a fight. It's not going to be easy. But, you know, I knew that going in. And well, like I said, we say, you know, anything worthwhile is not easy. It was easy. Of course. Of course. It's going to be a fight. I'm ready for the fight. We got good people. We're surrounding ourselves with good people. We're ready for it. I'm telling you, start getting your feet wet. Um, and I'm coming to you from a comedy point of view. Our okay. careers as comedians at some point became a lot of doing social media. And there's a way to go about it. There's little tricks of it. And a lot of it is um, you got to keep them, uh, your, your fan base, uh, always be showing them something. Okay. Give them, give them, give them some, uh, I'm, I'm missing the word right now, but content, content, that's it. So okay. you should come up with a plan right now, early on, say, I am going to do a video every three days. Okay. And do that for a month, right? And I'm t don't worry so much about what it is. Just even if it's just hello, uh, you know, my name is uh, Bill Pepitone. I'm running for mayor. I live in Staten Island. I just wanted to introduce myself. And then you do it. And then you start doing one every two days and then one every day. And then you go to doing three a day. By the time the campaign is cooking, you're going to be getting in touch with the people that are following you two, three times a day. Which right. some, sure. Yeah. Um, and it's something that you can you can do on your own. Obviously, you're going to get help as 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 it goes along. Right. But the, you you have an opportunity right now to get comfortable with it. Okay. You know, so by the time things are cooking, this is you know this is second nature. I'm not so nervous anymore about how this video is going to come out. You know what I'm right. saying? Because a lot right. of it is like, oh, do I am I going to look stupid doing this? Or am I going to do that? You know, right. you know, you should waste those now. Get those out of the way now, the ones where you look uncomfortable and start right. getting comfortable with it. You know what I'm saying? Even if you do one at the gym, I would love to see you at the gym. You know what I'm saying? Okay, we can do that. You saying <laughs> up 315 still or what? Yeah, 315, 330. I don't know. That's not bad. You know, any, any, whatever it is that you're doing, the smoothie that you go, hey, what's up? You know, Bill Pepitone, I'm, uh, after a workout, you know, working out here, fighting this COVID, this is what I would do with this. This is what I would do with that. Look, Trump, this whole thing about fighting to get him out was the dumbest mistake as far as I'm concerned, because the first two years, the first year, you're still going to be dealing with COVID as a president. And then for the next year after that, you're going to be dealing with the economy. The whole time you got this guy on the side who's in perfect health, apparently, like he hasn't aged a bit. Right. Um, and he's going to be critiquing everything that you're doing. And they're going to be coming to him every day. And he's sure. going to tell you how, you know, Joe, that China's eating your lunch and you're an idiot. And, this, right. and the other. Right. And then after two years, he's going to announce that he's running again. So now you're going to have that pressure. They should have just let him do his I heard he's going to announce he's running at Biden's inauguration. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. I yeah, I would. I think he's steam out of his inauguration. Yeah, I'm running. It. Well, Biden's not going to be around in four years to run again. No, yeah. I don't. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. But that's that's so sad to say. You know, it's true because it's like another human being. But when they start saying that, you know that going in, and you also know that then your president is going to be uh, a Kamala Harris. Uh, right. so, I think that's and from the beginning. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny. It's like he was the least of all evil. All of the rest of the candidates, half of them couldn't crack 1%. Right. right. Sure. And Bernie Sanders, they, you know, they want to send him back to Moscow because he was so far left. Yeah. And, and that's how Biden, by default, got the nomination. Really. Right. Of course. He was the closest thing to a moderate they can come up with. Yeah. I don't understand why they're fighting so hard for Georgia, because to tell you the truth, if they do win the Senate, then all those freaking stupid bills that they want to pass and the progressive, uh, those bills, he's going to have to veto them, Biden. And they're going to freaking hate him because he's not going to, you can't let those things go through. So right. at least if you get stopped at the Senate, you could always raise your hand and, oh, there's nothing I can do. It gets stopped at the Senate. Right. So course. to me, I would like it be who, they don't want, BLM already wanted a meeting with Biden right off the bat. Of course. They knew um, that was you know, before he's even in the office. Um, right. And you don't want to let these people infest and start dictating what you're going to do because, you know, you're going to lose no. the country. Yes. Yes. You will lose the country. I agree. You know, the scary thing, too, and I'm sure, you know, being uh, we're all ex-retired cops here is that the Second Amendment, you know, when people would say, I need my guns to uh, defend my home and my family, that was never more apparent during these times of these riots when the government refused to protect the populace. Right. And so when crazy people would say, oh, you, who are you going to fight with? No, I, got, I need that because the government, will, they call the police down. They pull the police back. So they I got to be able to protect my family myself. Yeah, right? never, never. Absolutely. I 100% agree. Well, can you imagine if they start with the Second Amendment bullshit? I could say. I could definitely you know. People have been stockpiling weapons right now. Oh, I know. Talking about yeah. somebody that already had 20 firearms. Then all this stuff happened. They probably have 50 or 60 right now. And now <laughs> they're going to tell me we're going to do, go door to door and start confiscating. It's going to end rapidly. Yes. It's going to be one shootout. And uh, unfortunately, cops are probably going to get killed. And then it's going to stop. But you're not going to get the guns out of these people's hands. No. They're talking about. Uh, taxing them so high that people will want to turn them in. You mean annually? Because yes. I already have yeah, a gun? Say say you have an AR-15. Okay, that's to keep that you gotta pay it five hundred dollars a year. And what happens what happens when I don't when I don't pay it? They'll come and take it. They ain't taking nothing. You see what I'm saying? Well I know as a sergeant we used to get firearm removal orders and we would have to go and this is when someone's permit expired in New York City. I'm sure you went with the sergeant on one of these. And you would have to go to the person's house. And usually the person was gone, they left, whatever. Right. And you went there to, to collect their firearm because their permit had expired. Right. So they could do the same thing with AR-15s or whatever firearms. You know, oh, this guy's not paying his fees. Well, that's because he owns 20 guns. It would cost them 10000 a year. Yeah, within, I'm telling you, within you're gonna you're gonna face resistance within the first day, and it's gonna be blip 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 all, all parts of the country, um, standoffs. 
which brings me to a point. Uh, you know what I want to ask you? Are you friends with the, uh, how would you handle the situation with the bar owner there in Staten Island that um, he claimed his, uh, his, his bar in the autonomous zone? I saw that. Yeah, he claimed it was an autonomous zone and they sent the, they sent TLC over there, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, understand why TLC got involved or what. I thought the sheriffs were doing it, but again, it comes down to the man is trying to run a business. He's trying to keep his livelihood open. Well, he's, just, giving, he's giving the drinks away, apparently, because that's the loophole in the law. Not charging. He's just, you know, asking. For yeah, the and they leave, they leave him a, a tip for him. Right. But the guy's trying to make a living. He's trying to feed his family. And he yeah. says that more people should join. And I think I've always said that from the very beginning. I was like, you know what? They should have formed coalitions. Yes, uh, they we already have them. These communities, they should have band together and says, no. We're not closing our store. Let's get a lawyer and let's fight it. And then, you know, instead of being zone A by itself, now you got zone A, B, and D, and they fall right. together. And they got four lawyers now going there filing the same lawsuit. And it's going on all over the city. No. Look, right. they just won the church thing, um, the Cuomo thing with the with the churches that you can't you can't uh well he got he got slapped by the Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah. That's where they were all going, they would all lose. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we got to fight back. We just can't let them take our livelihoods away, our homes away. We can't allow it. At some point, we have to stand up and fight back. Bill, do you know uh, Joe Murray from Queens who ran for Queens? I do know Joe. He's another good guy. We got to get him on your Rolodex there. Yes, yes. (laughs) Joe's a good guy. Absolutely. He's a good boxer. He was a good boxer back in the day. He was. Yeah. Okay. You know what, though? You know what? He's talking about a, a meeting of the minds, right? You get him, you get you together, anybody else. Now, what, what do you do? You're running here, I'll support you there. I'll run over here, you support me there. We right. kind of sort of use the same people and we push. Sure, of course. Use the same resources back and forth. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And uh, that's the way you do it, you know, but you got you to gotta kind of sort of stick together and you got to realize, okay, it might not. Uh, work out for me this time around but two more years from now we'll give it another crack for you we'll go for you now and then you just keep going back and you, you keep involving more people in this you know absolutely absolutely and you guys know john cummings who ran against aoc yeah I, yeah i yeah. heard he, he but he lost against her right he lost but he, he he ran a really good campaign raised a lot of money got his message out there i mean people are just infatuated with that woman for some reason well, you know you know bill that's an amazing thing is that it just shows you how crazy the electorate is. She's nuts. Yeah. She's, She's out of her mind. Yeah, she got elected to that constituency <laughs> over there. She's out of her mind. You know, yeah. she was mixing yeah. drinks two years ago, and now she's, uh, you know. They made a mistake because John Cummings would have been a very, very good candidate. He was yeah, a good uh, school teacher. Was a school teacher, right? Right, retired NYPD, and he became a school teacher. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a shame, but. Yeah, people are fascinated by her, but I, I heard that her reach doesn't, uh, her reach is only as, as much as you want to help it. It's just in this area over here because she's. Yeah, of course. Right. But you know what it is? You know who makes her a superstar? The press. The media. The press media makes her a star because that's who they are. You know, if you ever try to, you ever try to read the New York Times? No. It's like, hey. a, what I do, I want to know what the other side's doing. It's like a whole op-ed. The paper is just one big op-ed, you know. Yeah. All yeah. the writers, it's all—it's just their opinions. And you're like, how is this news? You know. You know what's funny is that I, the only time I read the New York Times was for like theater reviews, right? 
And um, now I, I start to question because, you know, you realize, oh, you know, so-and-so used to complain about the reviews and they had the one guy there that was the biggest reviewer and he'd pan everything. And there was so much money inv invested in some of these uh, productions and he'd come and pan you and that was it. You get a one month run and you'd be over. And I'm like, it has nothing's changed, really. It's just that we're we're starting to notice it. Right. You know? Absolutely. Like I tell people all the time, they're like, there's so many homeless people in the street now. I'm like, it's the same amount of homeless people. It's just that there's not that many other people out. So where yeah. somebody was going to get punched in the face today, right. uh, you know, I had 100,000 people to choose from on this corner. Now I only got three. Guess what, pal? You're it. Right. Right. <laughs> Welcome to the knuckle sandwich. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and these people get punched in the face, you know, sitting there having dinner. Uh, yeah. you saw what happened to the guy from Ghostbusters, that poor Rick Moranis? Yeah, Rick Moranis. They caught that guy. They and did. I guarantee you that guy's somewhere right now uh, thinking about punching somebody else in the face. Yeah, he's, right a catch and release. he's another catch and release guy, you know? Right. Of course he is. That's, it's so crazy. What does that do anyway when you, when you take somebody away? The whole idea was to take them away for a couple of days and let them cool off. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And now you take them away for three hours. They're not three hours they're cool like at all. No, they're more angry than they were three hours ago. But you know, Bill, the whole thing is an ideology. And the ideology, what it wants to do is empty jails and prisons. Right. Because the bigger picture was, oh, the United States has the largest prison population in the world. Right. And that's how we de dealt with crime. And now they have this thing called community corrections, where they want people who are arrested to live in their community, you know, with an ankle bracelet on or whatever. Well, I don't think it really works, to tell you the truth, but that's what they envision. Right. No, that, that's not going to work. That's absolutely not going to work. But it's okay because it's not in their communities, so they don't really care. Right. right. Well, the, the former president of John Jay College, Jeremy Travis, okay. you, you recall him, right? He put together this group of left-wing professors, and they did, did this big report. In fact, I'll send you a copy of the report. I have a copy of it, of how... Uh, people can lower the crime rate or violent crime without the police. That, that was the nature of this report. And of course, knowing what the left wing, it's all about, yeah, just give the money. Just keep giving the money. Right. Like universal, uh, what's that called? Universal uh, income. I, I'm probably not using the term for it, but where you pay people to do nothing. Right. Heard about that, right? That's yes. one of their ideas too. Universal yeah. income where Someone that, so they don't do crime, you just pay them, you know, 1500 a month or 2000 a month. Yeah. Well, you they know, crimes. That's, that's a great idea. <laughs> Excellent idea. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand it. There was a guy. Uh, you know, pay me too. <laughs> you know, when I went into to, uh, the SBA to see Eddie Mullins one day, he says to me, he goes, You're unemployed, right? And I never thought of myself as being unemployed. I'm a retired sergeant. Retired, <laughs> not unemployed. Is it different? <laughs> well, I know he said it as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> you know what though i think that's the world we're heading towards right now i mean listen i forget who it was um and i'm horrible with the names thing but he said this idea that everybody has to work is ludicrous if one person creates an invention that can uh feed us all house us all and we're taken care of then what what are we going to these meaningless jobs and my point is this there's a bunch of people working right now and i work with a couple of them that are completely useless and uh, I'd be, they'd be better off if you just send them the check at home. And the, you know what? 
Feed them the food. <laughs> give them all the videos that they want to watch on TV. And, and just leave them at home. That's yeah. what we're creating right now. We're oh, creating wow. a world where we're going to give people that. Because, look, once the trucking industry, like these cars can drive themselves, all those people are going to be home. And there's a bunch of these businesses that are also going to happen that you're going to stay home. You know, right. so that's what they're they're preparing the world for a time where there's going to be people staying home. But don't relax. We're still going to feed you. We're going to give you whatever you want to watch on Netflix. And just, just chill. Just chill out. Well, you know, Bill, the mom and pop stores are, are, are falling every day. But Amazon, their business is booming. Oh, Amazon is booming right now. Of course. Yeah. People you don't have to go out. That the world we live in right now, like for example, if I needed some some thumbtacks and uh, these these I, uh, these little cards so I can write, I'm working on a screenplay, right? I'm like, what am I gonna get the staples? I gotta get the staples, this, that, and the other, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out my car, you know, parking, all this. And I'm like, why don't I just order it? And I ordered it on Amazon. It was there the next day. So it's almost like once you get used to this ordering on Amazon, no, oh, that's it. You never house again. <laughs> There's no reason to. You could do everything over on Amazon. Except Mark, right. if you park illegally when you go shopping, I'm ratting you out for 20 of the 105. That's right. That's the one thing Amazon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how far how far that could go though, because are you gonna be like a meter mate for the city? You're gonna be watching people's meter expire and going, There's a car there's a car over here and his meter expires. Yeah, but you don't even know right now. Don't wait. You can't even tell if a meter's expired right now because you, you could, uh, I do it on my phone. There's, you could have a ticket, but I do it on my phone. I don't have a ticket. Yeah, and they have the, the muni meters, and it's very confusing. <laughs> well, you yeah. know, it's amazing. You go into some of these antiquated towns, and they still expect you to change in a meter. I stopped carrying cash, you know, if they yeah. don't have the slot to put your credit card in, I'm not paying, you know? Exactly. Uh -huh. Right. Exactly. Days of carrying quarters, you don't need. Yeah, them. come on, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's crazy. I know. The world is changing. Do you have so, uh, a whole a whole posse of people that you if you get elected? You're going to uh, have them with you. Oh, with absolutely. Positions. Absolutely. Like I said, a lot of good people, a lot of qualified, highly respected people. I've already got the agencies that they're going to be that they're going to be running. And that's that's really the job of a mayor is pick good people, surround yourself with good people and let them do their job. Share the same vision, share the same views, but let them do their job. Hey, it's like the police department. I mean, when a CEO gets a command, he wants to bring his people with him, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah don't forget what I told you. Start, I know it's gonna to be tough. It's it's not an easy thing to do to, to produce content, but you're gonna to have to create a website, an IG page. You got your Facebook already. You got to do TikTok. You got to do them all. You got to tweet, and you got to, yeah. you know, you got to give them content and and just doing that because the word gets out. And if you have to in the beginning a little bit and do that boost thing where you, you know you're boosting your word out to everybody. You know yes. what I'm saying? Yep. There's gonna be some expenditure. Do if, if it was yeah. gonna waste any money, I would waste, uh, spend it on on social media, because you want to get New Yorkers to to know who you are as the race is building up, so it's not a surprise who you are. Right. Start it from now. Right. You got to. Well, you could use social media manager. You could use Zoom pretty effectively too. Yeah. Sure. Of course you can. Yeah. We've done a lot of Zoom things so far. Yeah. Yes. You know, I, if you do like, uh, I don't know if it's possible to do a Zoom town hall. You know what I'm saying? Where you're, you're, you're just, 
you're gonna you prepare like 45 minutes of stuff that it's either wrong how you're gonna fix it right you know what i'm saying and just that's good that's further down the line but just keep talking to the people man yeah, that's what we're doing every no, day. Let them know you are. Community boards and, and, you know, meet Bill Pepitone tonight and mm -hmm. pick 10 people from Absolutely. that board and they can ask you questions. You know? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Of course. That's what we're doing. We're setting up those events. We've, we've been out every weekend, weeknights, talking to people, meeting people. Every borough. We've been in every borough so far. So that's it's going to fly right now. So we're ready. We're ready to hit the ground running. All right, man. I'm, I'm excited about the campaign, man. And uh, you, you're more than welcome to come back whenever you want. Oh, I appreciate it. We have, we have uh, you know, we got, we got, we got our share of, of viewers and listeners, sure. you know, and, um, you know, we're going to uh, do whatever we can to help you. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. Bill, Thank you have you. any final words you want to say to the uh, our millions of viewers out there in TV land? Yes, absolutely. Listen, uh, New York City is on the brink right now. We're looking at the city being unrecognizable in a couple of years if we continue to follow this path. So we need new leadership. We need new direction, uh, new ideas. But really, we need somebody that really cares about New York and City Hall. And that's what our campaign's about. It's about bringing respectability back to the city. It's about bringing public safety back, bringing our businesses back, getting our children in school, and just getting the, the heart of New York City beating again. That's what our campaign's about. Good man, you have a, you have an opportunity right now because you can use what's going on right now to your benefit. If you, even if you did a point kind of point, you, you, sure. just, you don't want to highlight their videos too much. Just show them the highlight of it, and then right. go. Cuomo said this, or or De Blasio said that. This is why it's wrong. This is what I would do, and because yeah. yeah. they're going to constantly keep screwing up. So this is your opportunity yeah. to, yeah. You know, yeah. to, to to show what you would do. This is why it's wrong. This is what I would do. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. Good. Good. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for coming on with us. Uh, listen, it's been, a, it's been a pleasure and an honor. Thank you. And like I, I said, as it builds up, you want to come back on? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. Whenever you want to come Absolutely. back, you just hit us up. You're welcome. All right, buddy. Thank you, guys. Be safe. Right. Thanks a lot. Have a good night. You good too. Good night, everyone. Good night.